0: Last week I shared with you my deep desire uh, as we're entering into this transition phase to where I'm stepping aside from being your senior pastor and, and we're looking for another to come in, to leave you with some foundation stones that will be for us as a church family, uh, the very bulwark of what we will walk upon, this not based on on me or my uh, personality or, th- or th- tenure here or whatever but anchored on the Word of God what can be those things that are for us the foundations that will lead us into our future that will be the kind of foundation that if we're practicing will be something that our new pastor can come right in and feel just right at home with that will be the impetus to get him off to a really good start here with us and I'm calling this foundations for the future and it's built on two great passages that you know so very well uh, in the scriptures the great the great commandment and the great commission so let me just remind you of those this morning the great commandment is found in matthew twenty-five, thirty-five through 40. then one of them a lawyer asked the question testing him saying teacher which is the great commandment of the law and jesus said to him you shall love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and with all your mind this is the first and great commandment but the second is like unto it you shall love your neighbor as yourself on these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets this is the motivation for the foundation for our future it's got to be in our love relationship with the Lord that's essential folks we've got to be solid in our love for him and him alone No obligation will see us through, no tradition, no uh, none of that. And I I appreciate Barnabas' aid, and and even in the things that were said uh, by uh, Jeremy a few moments ago, what would motivate our brothers and sisters worldwide to stand under the persecution? Would it be a sense of obligation? Would it be trying to impress somebody? What motivates these saints is their love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And that is the motivation that will always cause us to get out of our comfort zone and do whatever it is that God calls upon us to do. That's the the great commandment. But then there is the great commission. Also from Matthew, excuse me, uh, chapter 28, beginning with verse 18, Jesus came and spoke to them and saying, All authority has been given me in heaven And in earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all the things that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age. That's our impetus to share the gospel, to share our story about how Christ has transformed our lives with everyone. What would motivate us to do that, though? What would motivate us to step out of our comfort zone and to speak to somebody about God, to speak to somebody about what he's done in our lives? Let me tell you, there is no motivation that will make me do that, apart from my love for the Lord Jesus Christ. And neither will you. Uh, no, no obligation or no do this because I have to or, or uh, this is what's expected of me or I want to do this to where my, my wife will get off my back. or what? That, that won't work, folks. The motivation has to be our love for God. So as I'm, as I'm leaving you with foundations, I'm putting this in six words, three phrases that I want you to, to really take to heart. And maybe you might even pass it. We're going to use this as our foundation for the future. Love God, love people, and serve both. Love God, love people, and serve both. I want this to really just just settle into your heart. When you think about who I am, who we are as a church, why it is we're here, what it is we're about, these six words, these three phrases will, bam, come right to your mind. We're here to love God. We're here to love people. And we're here to serve both now last week we looked at well, how does this how does this begin what what does this look like and we dealt with Luke 9 23 that if any man will come after me let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and then follow me and we unpacked what it would meant to be a Christ follower and today I want to take that to the next step going back to the Gospel of John chapter 15 and verses 4 and five. So we we just listen, listen again to this passage, and and hear the secret. Jesus is, is is really unveiling a secret of how your life can go beyond mediocrity when it comes to the Lord, how it can be more than just rote quoting of of uh, prayer. How it can be more than just going through the motions of reading a verse or two out of your Bible and then closing it and walking away how life can be so much more than that and he tells us abide in me and I in you here's the amazing thing I am in Christ and Christ is in me when I was saved I asked Jesus Christ to come into my heart and he did and he did in your life too but there's something else that happened you were also grafted into Christ You are taking into him. And so Jesus is is, is suggesting this even now, even though it's something that Paul will later develop. Jesus is explaining it even now. Abide in me and I in you. As the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine. You are the branches. And he who abides in me And I in him, there's the both again, bears much fruit. For without me, you can do nothing. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, unpack this before us today. Unpack this that we can be changed by our living, growing, loving relationship with you. In your name we pray. Amen. Now, before I jump too much more into this, I've got to throw out a couple of disclaimers, okay? A couple of disclaimers. First of all, uh, this series of messages where I'm talking about how practically to be a Christ follower, you will never be a successful Christ follower because you've listened to every one of my sermons. I'm sorry, that's not going to do it. There's nothing about the preaching of the gospel that, that causes discipleship to happen. You can teach discipleship you can give examples of discipleship you can encourage and inspire discipleship but discipleship is something you do on a one-to-one relationship with Jesus Christ I am NOT your discipler he is the disciple and so living in that relationship with him is what's important I would encourage you to be in one of our small groups be in one of our Sunday school classes or small groups where we are emphasizing discipleship and what it means to grow into being a Christ follower but understand that just hearing preaching about it is not going to make that happen there's something that you have to invest in much more than being a passive listener the second disclaimer is this this is is not all my material It's my it's my examples It's my experience over the years but i had the great privilege of sitting under a great missionary uh, that came home to teach about discipleship and to help southern baptist to be disciples his name was Avery Willis and he radically radically God rather through him radically changed my life and understanding of a Christ follower he passed away in 2010 but not before he had impacted the lives of hundreds of thousands of people and it is his teaching his basis about how to be a Christ follower forms the basic matrix for our discipleship ministry here at first baptist church so i want to say that though the experiences have always been mine he has been the one that has been the author of this and out of all of this in the years that i have been following the lord using his pattern of discipling and disciple making if i boil it all down i'll come down to these same two passages the great commandment and the great commission and say again it's all about loving god loving people and serving both the passage we read today had an interesting word i want to dig in there for just a few moments it says abide what does it mean what does that word abide mean what, does it, what comes to your mind when you think about abide well you may think well this is where i live uh, we call our, our home where we live in or an apartment or whatever this is our abode this is where we live and yes that's part of what the word means it's, it's, it's where you live it's also something that that you adhere to or you refuse to adhere to my grandmother when she'd hear something she didn't like she said I ain't abiding that okay what does it mean she said she's not gonna tolerate that that's something beyond the bounds of what she would grasp and receive and understand it's truth so it's a place you live and it's also a truth It's the truth that you live and abide in but even that doesn't quite get us to the root of this Greek word here Because the Greek word here is a meno, is how it's pronounced, uh, kind of like the little fish that swim that you use for bait, meno, and meno it means yes, it's maybe the place you live, yes, or the things that you believe, but it means to draw your life's essence from something, to draw your life. From something. And that's why Jesus used this analogy of the branch and the vine. Let me change the analogy, but it's using very the same. Let's say I was in an accident and my arm was cut off. Plop, there it is laying over there on the floor. What what's gonna happen to that appendage? Very soon it's gonna it's gonna bleed out, the tissues are going to die, and it's gonna be absolutely useless. It needs to be burned as a biohazard. But what if you gather it up with me and take me to a skilled uh, surgeon and he reattaches the blood vessels and reattaches the nerves and reattaches the muscle tissue. And with therapy and with, with God's great graces, very soon I'm able to use that arm again and I can wave at you and I can feel things and such. Why? Because you see, there was a point that it was not abiding in me in the body. And out there on the floor, it was only going to die. Where where this wonderful appendage of mine gets this wonder and ability, it's because it abides in the body. It's attached to my heart, that's pumping blood down there. It's attached to the the nerves that go to my brain that tells it what to do. And it, it has not a life of its own. It has my life. It does what I want it to do most of the time. It does what I command it to do most of the time. <laughs> I'm getting to the point that I'm, I'm, my body's writing checks, uh, my mind's writing checks, my body can't can't cash. So there's some things that it don't do so well anymore. But here, Jesus said, "Here's what your life looks like. You're living in a life-giving relationship with Me that you can't afford to let it be severed." It's a life-giving relationship. You draw your life's essence. You draw your purpose, your reason for being. Everything flows out of that abiding, out of that abiding. So, So, the question is, how do we do that? How do we live in that kind of relationship? With Jesus Christ how do we go beyond just coming and sitting in church or maybe opening our Bible from time to time or you know saying a quick prayer before I eat how do we how do we go beyond that mundane and mediocrity to find that Jesus is the essence of our lives how do we do that what does that look like let me tell you here's in, in a nutshell you've got to spend qualitative and quantitative time with him you've got to fall in love with Jesus the relationship you have with him must be one that is a love affair and again I will never leave the comfort of my home and my life and my my comfortable way of doing things and venture forth with anything with God if it doesn't flow out of that love relationship Because he he may tell me, okay, I want you to to keep my word. I want you to to obey what I say here in the Scriptures. I can grit my teeth and say, I'm going to do that if it kills me. Well, it probably will. Or I can learn what Jesus taught. If you love me, you'll keep my commandments. You see, it's about love. If you're struggling to obey God in any matter whether it's your tithing or responding to something that he's putting on your heart to do, if you're struggling with any command of God whatsoever, let me tell you, you do not have a problem with obedience. You have a problem with love. That's what the Bible says. Because if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. So, so rather than trying to grit it out and, and, and work it out, fall in love with the lord and out of that love the desire to please him and know him and do his will grows you need to fall in love with him everything about the foundations of the future has got to base here now i am not an expert on love relationships okay uh, you know there was a time in the paper that there was uh you know uh, people who gave you uh all kinds of instructions about love and relationship. I'm I'm not that. I have only had one love relationship in my life, and I'm still married to her, and it's been over half a century, and I fall more in love with her every day. But let me tell you something out of that. Back as a couple of teenage kids, yes, it goes back that far. As a couple of teenage kids as we met, I began to fall in love with Valeria. I had an insatiable appetite to be with her, to know more about her, to talk with her about anything and everything. I I wanted to know her favorite color. I wanted to know her favorite flower. I wanted to know her best memories. I I wanted to know everything I could find out about her. And, And how would I do that? We would spend time together. And we would talk. Imagine that, two people in love talking. We would talk. Spend time together talking. And finding out about one another. Exploring the realities. And, and even when we could not be together, I was thinking about her when we were in, in we were in high school and so I would be in class I can't tell you how many textbooks have her name in them I know I shouldn't do that but I did it okay let me confession is good for the soul let me get it out all right because i I'd find myself instead of concentrating on English literature doodling her name instead of of working out those algorithms doodling her name. I was ed up. Still am. <laughs> when we weren't together, I was thinking about it. How can we have time together for, for a day? I, I would do some of the craziest things when I was at work, because I also had work for, uh, you know, a, a job. When I was at work, I had, I had 30 minutes for lunch. But I would call ahead and place an order, shoot by, pick up lunch, go by her house, inhale it with her, and get back to work just to have a few minutes with her. Because that love was growing, and that's how that love was fed, was spending time together, talking to one another, being with one another. I want to know what she thought about this. I want to know her opinion on this. Would she approve of this? Whatever was going on, I wanted to run it by her. That had not changed much in 51 years, as a matter of fact. (laughs) Still that way. That's how you grow in your love relationship with God. You want to know everything about him. You want to know what's important to him. You want to know what what really excites him. You want to know what his desire is for your life. And and you, you do that by spending time with him together with him. And, and let me tell you, he talks to you right here in his word. He talks to you. This is my love letter to you. And then I talk back to him as I interact with this word and as I share with him my heart, and we get to know one another. And he, he gets on my mind. And so everything I'm doing during the course of the day I'm thinking about what what would he do? What would his opinion do? What what is his attitude about this thing? How would he respond to this going on? He's in my brain. Because I love him and he loves me. And that grows as we spend our time together. There is no substitute for this. And let me tell you something. That's not weird that's not exceptional that's the normal Christian life let me say that again that's the normal average experience of living in Christ and being a follower if this is not happening in your life listen to me I say this with all, all my compassion I can you are living a sub normal Christian life there's more so much more than that you're settling for mediocrity you're settling for the mundane sometimes folks when they have been married a while they may not say two or three words all day long that's not the way with Valeria and i but that's the way it is with some folks and they wonder why their relationship is strained Because they're not spending time. They're not talking. They're not together. They're not sharing the essence of what life is about. When something happens in my life in a day, the first thing I want to do is pick up my phone and call Valeria. Guess what happened? Or I heard from so-and-so, let me tell you. Or I I got to share the gospel with so-and-so, let me tell you about that. I tell you, guys, she's in my head. I'm, I don't know what to do about it. I really don't want to get cured. Jesus wants to get in your head that way. Everything that happens, Lord, look, we need to talk about this. What, what do you think about this? What, how, how should I respond with this? What's your wisdom on this? What is your will in this matter? How can I serve you in this? Because I've got to, no, because I get to. I'm in love with him, and he's in love with me, and he's living with me, and I'm living with him. So let me tell you, folks, if the secret of being a Christ follower is falling in love with Jesus, how do we do that? It's a matter of spending time with him. Spending time with him. Just like it would be with anyone else that you're in love with. And and out of that time and, and getting to know one another and growing that love relationship, then you just find yourself living in that. Abiding in that. Let me tell you where I live. Not in relation to Jesus, but in terms of that cute little girl back there. I abide in her love. her love is the air I breathe her love is the energy that keeps me going when I seriously screw up I'm still living in that love because though she may bring correction in my life (laughs) she's committed to me My love for her is the very atmosphere I breathe. It gives me peace. It gives me comfort. It gives me joy. It gives me direction, purpose. Listen, that's what it means to abide in Jesus and for him to abide in you. He is the atmosphere you breathe. He is where you live, whether you're doing well or whether you're messing up. There's confidence because He's not, I'll never leave you and I'll never forsake you. There's absolute assurance. There is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ. He is the very life that you draw each moment. Are you getting the picture? Are you beginning to feel what this means to abide in me? There, there's so much more to it, and, 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 and in our discipleship plans, we just, we just throw that out on the table, and we just, we just wallow in that for weeks on end. But for right now, just, just hear me. This is what it means to abide in him. So, practically, Brother Fred, how can I learn to do that? How, how can I have that kind of relationship? How can I grow in this? I want to talk nuts and bolts with you for just a couple of minutes. You've got to spend time with the Lord Jesus, okay? How do you do that? First of all, you need to determine a time. Now, some people are wired to where that time is evening, and other people are, are wired to where that time is, uh, is morning. I'm, I, for me, it's morning. I, I've got to have that, that morning time with the Lord. So decide when that is, okay? Decide on, on, on a time. Get ready the night before, okay? Okay? don't wait till the last minute to get ready get ready the night before select the time just just set aside 10 15 minutes to begin with if you're not doing this already okay just just set aside 10 to 15 minutes so, select a place a place where you're least likely to be disturbed okay some of you huh, may be outside in a tree in the woods but find a place where that is okay and, and let your family know especially if you've still got little ones at home or grandkids living with you you know let them know this this is a time papa's got to be alone with god so let me let me have just a few minutes i'll be with you in just a little bit but but you need for me to be in here with god okay just so let's you, tell your family about it and and then y'all can protect one another to have this special time uh, with with the Lord, uh, gather everything you need the night before. Get your Bible, get your pen, get your highlighter, get your your uh, notebook, whatever it is that you need. Your your pencil. Set the alarm and do not hit the snooze. Set the alarm. Get up. Do it. And whatever you have to do to get awake, take a shower, get a cup of coffee, whatever. you Do it. And then get along there with the Lord. Shut out all the distractions you can. And listen to me. Most important thing I can tell you right now. Don't focus on reading your Bible. Don't focus on prayer. Focus on meeting with a person. Meeting with Jesus Christ. Now that's going to be through the Bible and through prayer. But focus on meeting with a person not keeping some kind of a program. Ask him to reveal himself to you as you go to his word and as you meditate. We'll do more instructions a little later about what to do about that. But right today, I feel so heavy on the Holy Spirit for him to say, look, challenge my people to spend time with me, alone with me, growing in our love relationship with one another. For some of you, you remember a time that you used to do this. And you remember how special and precious it was. But you got away from it. All of the hustle and bustle and the hard stuff of life. I mean, there's so many things that sap your energy, sap your time and attention. I know, I know, I know, I know. And maybe you've gotten away from that. Okay, take this challenge Say, Lord, restore unto me the joy of your salvation. Get back into that. Re-establish these disciplines in your life. God will honor that. He'll he'll honor that. Some of you may want to come to the altar today and just say, Lord, I've I've lost that joy. I've lost that magic and wonder of being in love with you. But I I want you to renew that love relationship with me today. All oh, my heart, there's a hungering and a yearning that I've just got to have more of you. I want to break out of my mediocrity and the mundaneness of my spiritual life and really grow in my love relationship with you. Look, that's what God wants. He's not going to refuse that prayer because that's what He wants. So get your will in line with his will and just do that. Now, it could be that you don't know anything what I'm talking about. This may be brand new for you. You say, I've heard some weird things in my life, but I've never heard about falling in love with God. That's a little weird for me. Let me tell you how that love relationship started with me. I had no problem understanding that I had messed up so much in my life. Nobody had to tell me what a screw-up I was. I knew better than anybody. And I knew there would be hell to pay for all the ways that I had messed up in my life. What I didn't know was that God loved me so much that he became a human being. He became a man. He became a person. He grew up and he was tempted every way that I'm tempted, and yet he stayed above it. And he did that to where he would be pure. And a time came when he was arrested, that he was crucified. He wasn't guilty of anything, but he was crucified. Why? He was taking this boy's sins, all of my screw-ups on himself. He was paying the full penalty for my sins when he died on the. And then when he rose again it was to where he could give me his life eternal life the life of god to flow through me when i heard that for the first time i thought this is what i've been looking for all my life you mean i can really have a love relationship with god and that pastor told me yes and, and, and he prayed with me and helped me to understand how I could enter into that love relationship with Christ. We want to do that with you today. Here, those of you who are at home, we want to do that for today. If you do have not had that experience, we want to help you have that experience today. In just a very few moments, and it's going to come up and lead us in a song. But Derek's going to be right here and Eric Van Pelt's going to be right here. And if you would like to know what it means to surrender your life to Christ and to enter into a love relationship with them, these boys are dying to tell you all about it. And if they get too busy, I'll, I, I'll be getting back up. I got Tony over here. I'll pull Ed off his song and he'll do it. We all, nothing thrills us like helping people to come to faith in Maybe you're looking to join our church and to be a part of this church family. And say, you know, I don't know a lot about what's going on, but I want to be involved with whatever's happening here. We'd love for you to come. Just take one of them by the hand and say, hey, I want to be a part of this church. It's time to do business with God, folks. But here's what I want to leave with you. What are the foundations that are going to lead us into our future successfully? Love God. Love people serve both let that get in your brain let that be the programming what we're talking about now is loving god we'll talk a little later about loving people and serving both but right now it all starts here with falling in love with god let's pray holy spirit you are so here today you are so powerfully present and you are calling us into a love relationship with you. And right now, Holy Spirit, you're tugging at some hearts. There's some folks here that know in the depths of their soul they've never taken this first step to ask you to come into their heart and cleanse them and forgive them and be the boss in their life. And Holy Spirit, you're tugging at their heart that today's the day they need to do that. So will you encourage them in these next few moments to step from where they are and take one of our ministers by the hand and say, yes, I I, I want to ask Jesus into my life. Those who are watching by media at home, Lord, will you encourage them to call us, text us, email us, send up a smoke signal, whatever it takes. We want to help them with that decision. Lord, there may be some here today that they've had that close relationship with you, but something's happened. Something's happened, and that sweetness and energy and potency is gone. Lord, encourage them to come to this altar and just say, Lord, restore what the enemy has destroyed in my life. Come back with that sweetness, that joy of being in love with you. Others may want to unite with our fellowship. Lord, this is the time. So as I go over here and just get on my knees and pray, Holy Spirit, I know you're already doing your work. Bless is only you know how in Christ's name.